Welcome to episode 13 of Let's Be Real. I am calling this one Party in Psalm 73. Oh, I love it when God kind of brings you exactly what you need when you need it. Um, There's not really a party going on in Psalm 73, but that's what I'm calling it because it's a total pity party. Has anybody else had, you know, a pretty glorious pity party? I I did this week. I had a pretty good one. Things were not going well all day. <laughs> it's like, granted, when I say all day, this pity party happened by noon. So it was like a morning full of this didn't go great. This didn't go great. This didn't go great. And then just getting fed up with the things not going great and like not being able to handle it and just being super frustrated. And it took a while that day to kind of snap out of it. Have you been there? Do you understand what I'm talking about and how I'm feeling? And not until the next morning when I sat down to have a quiet time and read my devotional did I truly learn a lesson and was encouraged from it. And it was from a devotional that I periodically read by Dr. Paul Tripp, and it is called New Morning Mercies. And it's a daily gospel devotional, just really bringing everything back, every aspect of our life, every struggle Everything comes back to the gospel, and the gospel has the encouragement. The gospel has the answers. The gospel has Jesus, which is what we need at the heart of every single one of our issues. And it's one of those things where you go to the date, you open it up, and you're like, oh, one, could have used this yesterday, but I don't think I would have been prepared. Like, I don't think my heart would have really taken it well the day before. Let's be honest. That's what we're all about here. We got to be real, which is why I'm sharing with you. (sighs) I totally pity partied. So I actually want to read Psalm 73 to you. So this is called a Psalm of Asaph. I think I'm saying it right. Asaph was a Levitical choir director for David. He has kind of a whole chunk of Psalms of Asaph. And this is the first one, the beginning. And he's kind of, he's pity partying with me here. And he's a kind of crabby. I think maybe we can all relate. I can relate because I have been there and I've felt this, unfortunately, more than one time. So I'm going to read it for you quick. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Let me stop there. That's the first half, or that's the first verse. Isn't it easy to just kind of start there and think that, like, well, surely God is good to us, those of us who are pure in heart, Those of us who are loving God and trying to do what he says, of course things are going to work out for us. (laughs) Okay, so that's dangerous. Maybe that was my first fault. Number one is I live a lot of life not thinking this out loud, maybe not even thinking it in my head, but living a life with the expectation that it's real, but not ever acknowledging that that's what I'm thinking and feeling. Like it actually took some time to sit down and be like, yeah, I always feel like if I put in this time, if I work hard at this, if this and this and this all happened, then it should work in the end. Like, it should be, it should be blessed. It should be ordained. Like, this should work out. I should have good results. And then some unforeseen thing comes in, and you're like, are you kidding me? How did this happen? I mean, and the thing that set me off, the, the tip of the iceberg, was bunnies getting into my garden. It wasn't even anything, like, super, uh, super consequence, but it's super frustrating Side note, there are like 
7 million new gardeners this year across the U.S. because of the whole safer at home thing. Nobody had anything to do. And maybe we want to start growing our own food just in case we have another um, safer at home or shutdown, which we really need to figure out how to grow our toilet paper because that's what disappeared. But it's a great problem to have. I am all about gardening. I try to encourage people on my farm page and give tips. Well, let me tell you, all the chicken wire is gone. Everybody's buying up all the chicken wire so you can't have fence. Oh, so I have holes and spots in my garden fence that aren't fully protected and I can't get chicken wire to patch up the holes. So this is part of my problem. So I have like makeshift weird things like plastic and screens. Oh, but God is good. I have a friend who just blessed me with a roll of chicken wire. So like, yes, bunnies, we are doing battle. Go away. Leave my garden alone. Because what a dumb problem to have. I say this all the time. I'm like, oh, what a dumb problem to have. Like, I didn't foresee that, or I did foresee it, but I thought I did enough to prevent it. So that's a pretty big sidebar. All of that to say, it's very easy to feel like, why didn't that work? And then when things don't work, it bumps us. The bunnies in the garden totally bumped me because like verse verse one says, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. First of all, we are not pure in heart. So maybe we start there. Maybe we start there with this expectation of, God, come on, good things are supposed to happen to those of us that are like following after you and doing everything you want. Well, are we though? So let's start there. Okay, let's move on to verse two. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. For their callous hearts come iniquity. The evil conceits of their mind know no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice and their arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Okay. Has anybody said that before? (laughs) Has anybody thought that before? Okay, I do all the things I'm supposed to be doing and this and this and this. But when I look over at those people over there, those that ignore God, who aren't trying to live according to his will, who don't care what he has to say, man, Everything just seems to go so well for them. Okay, so maybe that was part of my pity party, but not entirely. But you get the idea. It's super easy to compare the struggles that we're living in and the life that we're focused on. Like if we're trying to follow God and live after him and then things don't go the way that we think they should go, it is super easy to get worked into one of these states. Like really, God? This is not working out. Look at so-and-so over there. They've got it all. And they do whatever the heck they want. I've heard from a friend recently. They're like, sometimes I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm just exhausted. And it seems like way more fun to just do things the easy way. The easy way. That is what it feels like. And that's what it looks like sometimes. Well, one, we're very good at just seeing the external, right? I mean, we live in a social media society. So we are able to see the external of what's going on in other people's lives. And assuming that's the whole picture. And sometimes it might be, absolutely. But I think at the core, we all know that 
they they may very well have other stuff going on, what we don't see. But we have stuff going on that they don't see, so we figure it a wash. So we just compare the externals, kind of like Asaph here, talking about the rich, the oppressive, those, the evildoers. They have no struggles. I was envious of those arrogant people when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, that their bodies are strong and healthy. I was like, oh, man, I'm pretty sure I've thought these very things. But Asaph is admitting also that he had slippery foothold. He almost lost his faith because of this comparison, because of this pity party of where he was in his faith walk and where his heart was at the time. He says, surely, in verse 13, surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me. Have you felt that too? Like just this heavy weight of trying to figure out, God, seriously, what in the world? How can this be? What the heck? So frustrating. We just can't possibly understand it. And it's oppressive. It's heavy. We carry it. And we think about it. It We're oppressing ourselves, even trying to understand. So in Asaph, in verse 16 says, When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground and you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. We're going to jump down to verse 21. When my heart was grieved... And my spirit embittered. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yep, that's where I was. <laughs> I was brute beast in my pity party, uh, senseless, ignorant, but my heart was grieved. My spirit was embittered. These are not things I would have been able to articulate for you on Tuesday of this week, but by Wednesday morning, God gave me the scripture to be like, hmm, um, does this sound familiar? If so, keep reading, Erica. <laughs> Verse 23. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I journaled a lot when I read this passage, a lot when I read the devotional that went with it. Just the struggle of being jealous of those who have so much or get all the things they seem to want when they ignore God, right? This comparison of, yeah, but God, what about me? (laughs) What about me? I'm supposed to be, you want me to do this and I'm doing it. You want me to do this and I'm doing it. I'm trying so hard, but... Living life with an expectation is super dangerous because expectations really are just self-centered. When you think about it, it's what I expect to happen for me 
in this scenario or when this happens? Have you ever had those conversations that you knew you were going to have to have and you play it out in your head in advance? Like, okay, I'm going to say this, then they're going to say that. And my comeback will be this. And then hopefully they'll just say that, right? Like we have these thoughts of, we think we know how things should play out. And then when you have that conversation and right after your first line, they don't follow up with their first line. They say something totally different. You're like, wait, what? This did not help go. (laughs) I was expecting this to go. Uh, Because we are planners. At least a lot of us are. And we kind of have these ideas of what things should look like. We feel more comfortable when we're in control and we have things planned out. And then things don't go the way we have planned. And we are reminded that we're not in control. And it's very easy for our spirit to be embittered and for pity parties to ensue. The question that was posed in the devotional is a question of grief in that there's two different kinds of grief. There's a good grief when it mourns what God hates, when it mourns the world that we live in in terms of its oppression, its injustice, its inequality, its sin. We can grieve and mourn those things that God mourns. When we turn away from that and we start mourning and grieving God's goodness in our life and the love that he has for us, it quickly turns into a dangerous kind of grieving. And when I heard it explained that way, kind of being talked about as a grief and mourning, it took me a second to really sit there and think that through like, is it grief? Is it mourning? Is that what I... Is that what's going on in the midst of my pity party? And as I thought about my particular instance this week, I was grieving. I was grieving and mourning the fact that my hard work did not result in the fruit of the labor that I expected. And it just came out in anger. It came out in bitterness. It came out in a little bit of rage. And honestly, very quickly did my head go to other people. On a, and honestly, some people that I don't even know, they're just people that I follow or I watch a lot of gardening and farm pages on Instagram. It was like, theirs doesn't look like this. They don't seem to have these problems. What is going on? What am I doing wrong? So then it quickly just turns into self-loathing. Such a dangerous place to stay. And yet I am then so encouraged by these verses at the end of Psalm 73 starting at verse 23. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. That would be the next day when I have this devotion and I need to be kind of brought out of my funk. God is guiding me with his counsel. And afterward, you will take me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. I think that might be one of the struggles and the problems, right, is that this earth, it has things that I desire. And I'm focused on those desires. But in the end, is there anything here that I truly desire more than God? And I think that's a great place to sit and be contemplative and introspective and think about those things to find out. I mean, these are going to be strongholds in our heart and in our lives, and they're going to be the things that bump us pretty big when they don't go the way that we expect them to go. And we will find ourselves grieving 
the goodness of God. So what is it here on earth that has you so tied to it that you want it more than the goodness of God, that you want more than him? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I need to run to God's goodness in my times of pity party, in my times of frustration, recognizing maybe sooner than later next time as I start getting bumped by these same things or new ones to be like, okay, do not grieve. Do not grieve and mourn the goodness of God as if it's not here, as if he wasn't good enough to you and did not give you what you deserved or what you expected because he has given you, he has given me so much more than I could have ever deserved, way more than I have ever expected. And that is in my finite understanding here on this earth, that when we go to heaven to be with him in his glory, we will be in complete awe. There's no way to fully comprehend the goodness of God that he has in store for us. And yet we find ourselves stuck with this temporal kind of lens, how we're looking at the life that we're living right now as this is all there is. We have to live life with an eternal perspective, which is tricky. It is so tricky because we are inundated day in and day out with our temp- temporal lives, with our responsibilities here. But maybe if we're able to go through these mundane, these everyday, these bumps, the things that are frustrating and can cause us to struggle, maybe if we can go through them, go through them, focusing on the goodness and the love of God in the midst of them, they might be a little bit easier along the way. God, we just thank you for your goodness and for your love. We thank you for the lives on earth here that you have given us. We are so grateful. They mean so much to us. We love them, but God, help us to love you more than that which is here. I do believe that I learned this lesson, that I had to learn this lesson to prepare my heart and my mind for the message of hope. Hope is what we're going to be digging into at my upcoming retreat coming this October. There are still spots left. If you are interested in joining us, check out the information on both Instagram and Facebook from Erica M. Connor. Hope you can join us. Have a wonderful day.